Radio Maria England presents Poetry for the Season, presented by poet Sally Reed. Welcome to Poetry for the Season. I'm Sally Reed, poet and adorer, speaking to you from just outside Rome. How is your Eastertide going? The Mass reading from last Sunday was one of my very favourites. The account of Christ meeting the disciples on the road to Emmaus. It got me thinking about Christ's presence with us as we walk, when we sense his presence and when we feel alone. Of course, there are certain places that we associate with the presence of God, you know, mountain tops, because we think of Mount Tabor and Sinai, where Moses received the commandments, and maybe because the height of a mountain makes us think we're nearer to heaven. Then there's the sea, because of its vastness. And there are so many stories of Jesus on the Sea of Galilee and the fishing episodes. But woods and roads also make me think of Jesus, maybe because of that walk along the road at Emmaus. I often have this image in my head of walking a path through a tangled wood, the darkness and the uncertainty about where to place my feet, that makes me think of life and following Christ. We can't see where we're going, and that's okay. Sometimes we're very much aware that God is with us, Sometimes we feel hopelessly lost and blind. So anyway, when I found this poem, the first of our poems today, I really wanted to read it. It's by Rudyard Kipling, the very famous storyteller who wrote The Jungle Book. Rudyard wasn't formally religious. In fact, he described himself as a God-fearing Christian atheist. (laughs) But in fact, I think this poem and a lot of his work shows he had a very strong sense of the spiritual. This poem is mysterious in a good and spiritual way. And as I read, try to imagine that you're walking in a dark wood, so overgrown, you can't see where to put your feet and you can't see the sky. The Way Through the Woods by Rudyard Kipling. They shut the road through the woods 70 years ago. Weather and rain have undone it again. And now you would never know there was once a road through the woods before they planted the trees. It is underneath the coppice and heath and the thin anemones. Only the keeper sees that where the ring dove broods and the badgers roll at ease. There was once a road through the woods. Yet, if you enter the woods of a summer evening late, when the night air cools on the trout-ringed pools, where the otter whistles his mate, they fear not men in the woods because they see so few. You will hear the beat of a horse's feet and the swish of a skirt in the dew steadily cantering through the misty solitudes as though they perfectly knew the old lost road through the woods 
but there is no road through the woods. There's so much lovely detail in that poem. Imagine the trout-ringed pools and the otter whistling to his mate. And it's ghostly too, as though a ghost woman on horseback is following this disappeared road through misty solitudes. But maybe she's not a ghost. Maybe, to push my analogy of following Christ, there are some people who find the road easily, who follow in trust and know where to put their feet. Perhaps you know someone like that. And of course, there's the, all, always the analogy of faith being lost in society these days and the right road being overgrown and hidden, hard to find. This image of walking with God is very famous, of course. Most Christians will know that really famous poem, Footprints in the Sand. You know, the narrator looks back on their life and sees two sets of footprints walking along the beach together. But at sad and difficult times, there are only one set of tracks. And the person asks God why he deserted them at those times. And it turns out that it was at those times that God picked them up and carried them. That poem is quoted on jewellery, t-shirts, mouse pads, mugs, posters, you name it. Well, I wanted to read it to you now, as it would fit in, fit in very well with my theme of walking with Christ. But as a poet myself, I'm scrupulous about respecting copyright. That's actually why, you may have noticed, this programme relies heavily on older poems that are in the public domain, as we say. So I searched for who holds the copyright for the Footprints poem, sure that it must be available. And there's a story there. At least three, some say about 12 women or their descendants claim to be the author of the poem and have copyrighted it or are trying to copyright it so that they can profit from all the royalties of coffee cups, t-shirts, Bible covers and pillowcases, <laughs> plus books and radio shows, presumably. That poem is massive business. But the idea of God's footprints goes way, way back. In Deuteronomy 1.31, it says, And in the wilderness, where you saw how the Lord your God carried you, just as one carries a child. So, I do begin to wonder if it's such a truthful and archetypal idea that in a sense it really belongs to us all. And I wonder... If I had written that poem, knowing that it was such a great truth, that it was so much needed, whether I'd be happy just to give it to humanity? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the story of God journeying with us down a beach or anywhere puts me in mind again of the disciples walking with Jesus, imbibing his wisdom, their hearts burning. This image of walking with God, as I've said, predates Christianity. And I want to turn now to the Psalms, the greatest poems of all time, and read Psalm 77. Listen towards the end for the unseen footprints. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God that he may hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. I think of God and I moan. I meditate and my spirit faints. 
Thou dost hold my eyelids from closing. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old. I remember the years long ago. I commune with my heart in the night. I meditate and search my spirit. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? And I say, it is my grief that the right hand of the Most High has changed. I will call to mind the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will meditate on all your work and muse on your mighty deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders, who has manifested thy might among the peoples. With your arm, you redeemed your people, the sons of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Yes, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Thy arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea. Your path through the great waters. Yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. There, God's footprints are written in water. His presence beside us isn't obvious or visible, but he leads us like a flock. Something a friend of mine taught me when I converted was always to be alert to those invisible footprints to the signs of God in the world, even when the road is grown over and the way is darkest. We're sticking now with another very well-known poem, and I'm sure that 99% of you are going to know the first line. So let's give credit where it's due. It was written by William Cooper, who was a very famous 17th century poet, a kind of forerunner to the great romantics. In this famous poem, he takes up just that image from Psalm 77 of God's footprints in the sea and talks about the mystery of God's works and his inscrutable presence. It has a beautiful title too. Light Shining Out of Darkness by William Cooper. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take the clouds ye so much dread 
are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain. Wonderful. And I love those images again of God's footprints. Now, as I was reading poems this week, I came across this one by Catherine Mansfield, the early 20th century modernist writer. And as I'm longing to get more women in this program, and I just love this poem, I want to share it. It's not religious, and she wasn't religious. It's about a meeting between two lovers and their parting. And it puts me in mind of these days, you know, post-resurrection, pre-ascension, when Jesus had to leave his disciples all over again, as he did during the dinner at Emmaus. Listen for the image of the clock ticking at the end. The Meeting by Catherine Mansfield. We started speaking, looked at each other, then turned away. The tears kept rising to my eyes, but I could not weep. I wanted to take your hand, but my hand trembled. You kept counting the days before we should meet again, but both of us felt in our hearts that we parted forever and ever. The ticking of the little clock filled the quiet room. Listen, I said, it is so loud, like a horse galloping on a lonely road, as loud as a horse galloping past in the night. You shut me up in your arms, but the sound of the clock stifled our hearts beating. You said, I cannot go. All that is living of me is here forever and ever. Then you went. The world changed. The sound of the clock grew fainter, dwindled away, became a minute thing. I whispered in the darkness, if it stops, I shall die. The ticking of the clock, which gets louder and louder and then diminishes, and then if it stops, she thinks she'll die. The clock's tick is like the beating of a heart, speeding up with emotion, dying down and fading to imperceptibility. It kind of does remind me of how the disciples or how I would have felt if Christ had to leave me. They had the experience of him being in the room with them, the clock ticking at its loudest, and then him going to where we can't see him. The clock, like the heart, like God's presence, beating on, but quiet, inaudible. Those are the footsteps of God, the signs of God 
like a heartbeat you don't always notice, but always there. Let's go back to the way through the woods, the deep dark woods. As a poet, I've used trees and woods a lot when writing about faith. And I stumbled across this little poem by an American writer and poet called Joyce Kilmer. Joyce, who was a man, was Catholic and one of the leading poets of his day. People called him the American Chesterton. It's for this little poem that he's most remembered. Trees by Joyce Kilmer. I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. A tree whose hungry mouth is pressed against the earth's sweet flowing, flowering breast. A tree that looks at God all day and lifts her leafy arms to pray. A tree that may in summer wear a nest of robins in her hair. Upon whose bosom snow has lain, who intimately lives with rain. Poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. <laughs> I love it. Let's finish now with the poem by a poet who squarely saw God's presence, God's footprints in everything. I'm thinking about Jared Manley Hopkins, of course. Here he dwells on the God-given meaning in everything, including us, including you, each bird, each dragonfly, each stone, and its place and vocation in God. As Kingfishers Catch Fire by Jared Manley Hopkins. As kingfishers catch fire, dragonflies draw flame. As tumbled over rim in roundy wells, stones ring, like each tucked string tells. Each hung bell's bow swung, finds tongue to fling out it broad its name. Each mortal thing does one thing and the same deals out that being indoors each one dwells. Selves goes itself, myself it speaks and spells, crying, what I do is me, for that I came. I say more, the just man, justices, keeps grace that keeps all his goings graces. Acts in God's eye, what in God's eye he is. Christ, for Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in limbs and lovely in eyes not his, to the Father, through the features of men's faces. Wow. We, like kingfishers, dragonflies and stones, have our own roles as ourselves. I think another programme, we should go through that poem line by line because there is so much in it and it's so beautiful. Thanks for walking with me through the woods and across the sea. And as Hopkins says, in 10,000 places. Remember to watch out for God's footprints in your life. And don't panic if the way is dark and overgrown. 
Keep your eyes fixed on Christ, your guide, your beating heart. Remember that God is the poet who made the poems and the trees, and most importantly, you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us for Poetry for the Season, Easter, with Sally Reed. This show is broadcast on Sundays at 2 p.m., Mondays live at 4 p.m., Tuesdays at 9.30 a.m., Wednesdays at 8 p.m., Fridays at 1 p.m., and on Saturdays at 5.30 a.m. This show is available as a podcast on our website, RadioMariaEngland.uk or on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Tunes, wherever you can get your podcast. Thank you for joining us on Radio Maria England.